Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross, a radio broadcast as part of Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I'm your host, Dr. Alfred Fisher. I'm the senior pastor at Christ Covenant Church, and I am so blessed, so excited to have you with us today. I want to thank you for tuning in and spending just this little bit of time with us this morning. Will you join me in prayer before we begin? Our Father, who art in heaven, Father, we come unto you in the name of above all names, that of Jesus the Christ, our Lord. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being called your children, for being able to call upon your name as you are our Father. And Lord, we come to you asking that you will heal our land, that you will protect our leaders, cause them to turn to you, cause those who are rebellious to turn to you. Lord, help us to be obedient children in your kingdom, to share your gospel, the gospel of your only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ. Father, we pray for protection upon all who hear this message today. I pray that you would stir their hearts and their minds, that you, O God, would move in such a way that this year will be one of blessing as we remain obedient to you. Thank you, Lord, and bless this time as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here at Christ Covenant Church, we are located at 1320 West Nolana Avenue. And our service starts not long after this broadcast. It starts at 1030, and you are more than welcome. In fact, we wholeheartedly invite you to come and fellowship with us. We know that this has been a trying time of this COVID-19 virus, but we want you to know that our God still reigns, and we know that He is still in control. He is still on the throne. And as we are in our study on the Trinity, we are talking about how God the Father is seen in the Old Testament. And we're talking about the attributes of that Father, because Many people don't understand the Trinity. They don't know how to break it down. They don't know how to see what each person in the Trinity does, let alone to see the continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And as the Trinity is a key doctrine in the Christian faith, it is paramount that we as followers of Jesus Christ begin to understand the basics of it. Now, there's no way that we can fully exhaust the doctrine of the Trinity in these short broadcasts, but it is my hope that you will start to see how God is unchanging and how God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that as God the Father rules and reigns, we see in his holy word those same attributes of an earthly father, one who is godly. And so I hope that today this will be a blessing for you. So if you will, turn with me into the book of Exodus. And we're going to go into Exodus chapter 4. I hope you have your Bibles. And I hope that you're becoming even more familiar with them. God declared his intent and interest in people. And he did so in a specific way and to a specific group of people 
a group of people that would later become known as the nation of Israel. And he did so at the onset of creation. And now, mind you, this was before the time of King David. And we've seen some of David's writings in our messages. And yet, during the time of captivity that the Egyptian, that the Hebrew people had at the hand of the Egyptians, God took time and prepared a man named Moses. So in preparation for his instruction from God, we find an account, a section of scripture for us, written in Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 through 23. And so if you will, will you bear with me as we read this and then begin to discuss this section of scripture? In Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 through 23, it reads like this. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said unto Moses and Midian, Go, return into Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons, and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. But I will harden his heart, and he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord Israel, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Now, on the surface, you may go, well, that's a kind of a harsh thing. God's talking about killing people. No, I want you to understand. Let, let me go back in further into these verses here, and I want to show you something that I really hope will help to illustrate and even demonstrate what we're talking about here. First of all, as we opened this section of Scripture... Notice how it says, And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law. Brothers and sisters, here's something I hope you'll realize. As a Christian, we have subjection to authority. Moses was living with his father-in-law. His father-in-law was a high priest. His father-in-law was one who was in authority over Moses and all that Moses possessed. And so Moses paid respect to Jethro. And he went and asked him and said, I want to go back to my people, my brethren who are in Egypt. He didn't beat around the bush. He did not take and spin a tail. He didn't sneak out in the middle of the night. But understand something. Moses was a man of integrity. And this displays integrity 
of the man of God. Now, also, this displays how the Christian is to act. Many people go and attempt to do the things that they desire without realizing the consequences for their actions. They don't go and respect the authority God has placed over them. A question for you today is, does your church have church discipline? Does your church display things like this? Now, I'm not talking about having a pastor who is a a draconian type ruler. But I am talking about, as a Christian, we have responsibility in the church. We have responsibility to follow the teachings that are taught us. We have responsibility to obey the doctrines of the Bible and to respect the leadership that God has placed over us. Now, one other thing I want to show you here is not only was it a thing of respect, but it was a thing that we don't use the term of very much today, and it's called filial honor. That's what Moses was displaying to Jethro, an honor, a respect, a reverence to his elders. Now, I want you to understand something next. God always gives clear direction. God always provides clear direction. God does not leave something to happenstance. Notice how Moses is the man of God. And right after, right after he got done with Jethro, look at what it says. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian. So Moses hadn't left yet. But God spoke to Moses and gave him divine direction. Now, one thing I want you to understand is that God prepared the way. The people, the Hebrew nation was still in bondage. They were still captive in Egypt. But notice what God had said. For all the men are dead that sought thy life. God prepared the path for Moses. God took his time, put everything in order for it to be done correctly. You see, here's a divine principle for you, my friends. When we do not wait on God, we oftentimes cause more trouble and grief than is necessary. When we do not wait upon God, we do things out of order. When we choose to wait on God, God prepares the path. Did you notice it says all the men? They didn't leave one, not even one who had sought to take Moses' life. Didn't leave one alive, but all of them were dead. And then I want you to notice something else. Something profound. Moses, listen to this in verse 20. And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass. Now, 
That's providing care, transportation. That's, so they wouldn't have to walk. Wouldn't have to labor. He was giving preferential treatment to his children and to his wife so that they would be cared for. But then notice what else it says that he took. Took the rod of God. Brothers and sisters, what is the raw of God but the law? The standard, the rule. The man of God took his family and took the standard which God had given him in his hand as what was needed for this journey. Oh, how profound that is, that God would give that simple instrument, that simple tool, into the hand of a servant to do his bidding. Oh, my my brothers and sisters, my friends in Christ, these dear listeners who are tuning in graciously to this broadcast, I want you to understand something. God gave him what was needed, and Moses took only what was needed. Do you rely upon the word of God? Do you rely upon the standard of Almighty God? You see, here we're talking about the Father. Father God. The Father had prepared the way for his servant. The Father had ensured that his servant, his child, was in place and was equipped. You see, that's what a God does. That's what a Father does today or should be doing today. Let me put it that way. Now listen, listen closely as I go on here. And the Lord said unto Moses. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? And the Lord said unto Moses. You see, Moses didn't move without the hand of God or the direction of God. He went and did the total bidding as God had directed him. And that's all he intended to do. Listen. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt. And here's the next part of God's instruction. See that thou do all the wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. What was in his hand, my friends? The rod of God. You see how powerful the rod, the word is. Brothers and sisters, when you go and you stand against the world, the Bible is in your hand. The Bible is your sword. The Bible contains the very word of God. And if we as children of God would become students of the word of God, we would start to understand how Moses was able to hear the voice of God. Look. God did not leave anything to make Moses surprised. Because he says, but I will harden his heart. And he shall not let the people go. And you may say, well, why would you do that, God? Why wouldn't you just turn them loose? Why wouldn't you just say, all right, Moses is here, guys. Come on, pack up and let's go. It's because God was preparing the people of Israel to become unified 
to be blessed, to be prepared for the journey that would be before them, and to show his might over what we see symbolically as a type of the world. The power of God to overcome the strongest carnality, the strongest nation in the world. At this time, it was Egypt. And notice how God did not tell Moses. The father did not tell Moses, go to the underlings. Go to your people and stir them up. Go to your people and turn them against Pharaoh. No, go and just create mischief. That's not what God said to Moses. Now, here's something important. You see, God doesn't beat around the bush, and neither should any pastor. Neither should any person who dares to speak as the oracle of God. Don't beat around the bush. Say it how it needs to be said. Say it to who needs to hear it. Now, my friends, this is important. This is so vitally important. As Moses was told, so Moses did. Moses spoke as God directed him, and he spoke to whom God directed him to speak. Now, I want to show you something here. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, why did he, why did he say go directly to the head? Go to the Pharaoh. Go to the one in charge. You see, God isn't the type that's going to turn and tell you, all right, I want you to stir up such mischief that they just want to get rid of you. I want you to go and stir up such mischief that you become trouble. I want you to go out and protest and riot. I want you to do all these different things. That's not what God said. Remember I told you God is a God of order. God is a God of order. And he says, go to Pharaoh. Go to the leader. Go to the one in charge. Go to the one who is in charge of holding my people. And something more than my people. Something more than just an adopted nation, something more than just a group of rabble-rousers. Notice what he says. Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Now, why is that important? Because that is a spiritual adoption, church. That is a spiritual adoption. And that firstborn is the one who has the birthright, the one who has the inheritance, the one who has received the promise. Oh, church, do you understand why God does not have stepchildren or grandchildren or nieces or nephews? But we are all children of the promise, all given an inheritance through Christ Jesus. Israel is my son. Now, how many fathers out there would turn their back on their son or their daughter and not provide them a form of protection, a form of authority, a form 
of responsibility. And notice, notice what the mouthpiece of God was directed to say. And I say unto thee, let my son go. That in and of itself is profound. When you threaten the firstborn, you threaten the inheritance, the birthright, the name of the family. And here, God is using a mouthpiece to tell Pharaoh, a type of the world, let my son go. Let my people go. And, and notice, and, and notice why. Notice why. It wasn't because I asked you to. It wasn't so he can go on vacation. It wasn't so he can have his best life now. It wasn't so that he could go and do whatever he wants and spend the inheritance. It wasn't so that he wouldn't be bothered. It wasn't so that he could go and riot. It wasn't so that he would be spoiled. It wasn't so that he would go and have his own way. But notice what the word of God says. It says this, that he may serve me. You see, brothers and sisters, when you are adopted into the divine family of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and you serve the Lord God Almighty, that is what you are called to do. When you have been called out, when you have been redeemed, when you have been adopted, when you have been brought forth out of the world, when you have been sanctified for the purposes of the kingdom of God, it is so that you may serve God. It's not so that you can be on the sidelines. It's not so that you can be in some mega church and not be noticed. It's not so that you can go and have the best time listening to music and have a feel-good message. No. You've been called out here, my friends, brought out, directed, commanded by God, saying, let my son go so that he may serve me. It's so that you have a purpose called out, set apart, redeemed, that you would be in the active service ministry of Almighty God. So if you think that you can go to a church and do nothing, or because you're a Christian, you don't have to do anything or worry about anything because you've been promised that you're going to have your best life now. You're going to have your absolute best time. You're going to have nothing but riches. You're going to have nothing but fancy things. Well, if that's the case, then you're serving the wrong God because here it says that he may serve me. And now, and now, when God is calling out to the nation of Israel. You see, sometimes, sometimes that road to salvation is difficult. But when God is determined, when God is determined, he will win. And why do I say it's difficult? Because for many people, letting go of the things of the world is tough. Letting go of all the things you were accustomed to, is difficult. But now listen to what it says here. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. 
Take that to heart, Christian. If you stay in the world, guess what? God is going to destroy all the carnal things. Oh, my dear friends, know that God is God. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters, if we would but humble ourselves and pray, confess our sins, and ask God to heal our land, he has promised to do so. Won't you join us at 1030 this morning at Christ Covenant Church? We're located at 1320 West Nolana Avenue. You can come down there, fellowship with us, hear much more on this message. And you can find us on YouTube at Christ Covenant Church McAllen. You can also find us at ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. And you can find us on Facebook at Christ Covenant McAllen. And you can check us out there, see some of our messages and things we have going on. But why don't you come on down? The service starts at 1030. We'd love to have you. And thank you again for listening. I'm Dr. Alfred Fisher, and it's been a blessing. And we will see you next time. God bless.